This is Watchers of the Throne, a Game of Thrones reaction show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another installment of Watchers of the Throne, Game of Thrones reaction show. This is David. We have Romeo on the other mic. We are fresh off watching the latest episode of Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 5, titled The Bells. And boy, oh boy, did those bells ring. We start things out with Varys. He attempts to convince Jon to take the Iron Throne, but Jon refuses to betray Daenerys. He also, we see him writing the letter. Who, who, who's he writing that for? I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of all the allies that Daenerys is backing. Even if they did send it to Yara Greyjoy, she's not going to care. Yeah, exactly. Because Daenerys is the one that got her the Salt Throne. So yeah, it really he wouldn't, matter. he wouldn't send it to, uh, Sansa because Sansa is the one who passed Already on the knows. information. The Aerie? No, because the Aerie's on Sansa's side. That's true. Well, I think it'll come to play. I, he didn't send it out, though. But he was writing multiple ones, remember, with one of those little birds talking to him. He gave her something. So he was writing multiple. It's just, who did it go out to? Well, there are smaller houses. I mean, there could very well be a minor rebellion, especially after the events of what happened. Uh-huh. That could push this forward through well, his notes. He kind of did call what was going to happen last week. But we'll get to that in a moment. Tyrion informs Daenerys of Varys' plots and she has him executed. That scene with the dragon coming out from the the night of the shadow. Oh, beautiful shot. Oh, that was. But I love Daenerys, though. She goes, because Tyrion says, excuse it up, someone's betrayed. I have something to tell you. Someone betrayed me. It was Jon Snow. No, my lady, it was Varys. Well, who told Varys? Which would be you, which, let me guess, Sansa told you. Therefore, John told Sansa after begged him not to. Therefore, John betrayed me. I love how good at the game she's begun. She's gotten. And that small little scene, which makes me hopeful she doesn't need advisors for the new world order. But at the same time, she did not come off as the most stable person in the room. Well, I mean, that's the worst hair she's ever had right there. Right? <laughs> you know, she wasn't looking wasn't, good. She wasn't eating. But it's the paranoia. It's all consuming. And I'm mad. Yeah. And, and that's and that's the part where I'm like, this, this is not going to end good. This isn't we're in for a long, bumpy, fiery conclusion. I totally get where she's coming from, though, See, because I, it's it's about trust and people keep betraying this trust. And, you know, you have John saying like, hey, you're my queen. I'm always going to be loyal to you. Yet he passes on this information after as her queen. Don't tell her, please. To to be fair. There's no fairness here. Like (laughs) she didn't command him as her queen. She begged him as his lover. Yeah. I feel like if it it was a command, which she didn't command him because she pleaded for any affection she thought she still carried. Which was a poor judgment call on her part. That affection's kind of gone now once he realized their familial relation. Because apparently the Lannisters has not warmed Westeros to the idea of incest, so... Daenerys, she decides to burn down King's Landing at daybreak, but Tyrion tells her that he has a plan to stop Cersei. So he meets with Jaime. We were wondering about Jaime, how soon he was going to get to King's Landing. Well, it turns out he got there about as soon as Daenerys and her fleet got to King's Landing because they stopped him on his journey and arrested him, you know, and put put him away as a prisoner. He didn't take off his gold hand. Like, the most noticeable thing about him in all seven kingdoms. I don't blame Daenerys using him as a kind of, like, 
like a bargaining chip against Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Because Tyrion yet again keeps vouching for his brother and guess what his brother does? Betrays Tyrion over and over again for Cersei Lannister. So he meets with Jaime and he tells him mm-hmm. that he has a plan to smuggle him and Cersei to Penthouse after surrendering King's Landing. He must convince her to agree to it. It's, again, really tough for Tyrion to be in this position. You hear his justification, you know, he, he just saying like, basically I'm risking my life to save thousands and, and that, that's well worthy exchange because just like how Jamie looks at himself at this point, he just doesn't think he's, I guess for a lack of a better explanation, worthy of this life. How there's always, he's, he's done a lot of things that he's not proud of. And I, yeah, yeah, and I see it at this point with Tyrion, although he puts his faith in Daenerys, at the same time, because of Varys' death, he just doesn't know what the right answer is anymore. All he knows is that he doesn't want thousands of people to die. He doesn't know if Daenerys is right for the throne, Cersei's right for the throne, but what he does know is one of those two are capable of killing thousands of people, and he's trying his best to prevent that. He said he would always do whatever it takes for his family. Said that in season one. This was the best he could do for his family. You talk about how certain people are always looking for a way to die. This seems odd that Tyrion would betray Daenerys, knowing the full consequence of what it means to betray Daenerys Targaryen. It just seems reckless, and he's saying, maybe I can convince her to, like, because we did it without bloodshed. I'm like, no, this is not Daenerys Targaryen. He's seen her in Marine. When she came back, she saved the day. She didn't go around killing anybody unnecessarily. Like, she never, she's never been a mass murderer. So I can totally understand why he still had faith in her, why he's, you know, in this episode still has faith in her because she's never gone around wiping out civilizations. She's saved civilizations. Mm -hmm. She's been a queen for the people. Has she been a little dangerous lately? Sure. But But it's because he's been messing up like left and right. So I totally understand that. But anyways. Because we we were kind of texting and I was like angry. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. We'll get to the part where I'm not okay with what happens. But But you mentioned something saying that every time she does what she does, she has results. She's undefeated. Where where she tries to play by the rules of Westerosi society and battle engagements, she loses because she's holding back. Why fight with sticks and stones when you have when you have drones? And that's basically what she has is a massive drone, and she can just take care of everything and sticking save the lives of her own men. But as we all know, with drone strikes, there's a lot of casual damage. We should talk about Jon Snow and the conversation that he has with Daenerys. They have a conversation where she looks at him and says that she'll never have the love of the of the seven kingdoms and he says well you have my love and when she tries to get that love from john he recoils that was a turning point because at this point she kind of resolves she's never going to be loved if i can't have love i'll take fear which is the game book of cersei lannister i kind of wish we had more episodes in between so no i don't I, i'm totally fine with you're this to- you're totally fine with a mm-hmm. quick turn yeah i am okay because they they've done enough for me where they built towards this between losing Jorah, losing Masande, losing a lot of her Unsullied, a lot of her Dothraki. I'm surprised she had any like Dothraki left. She had a lot more than I expected. Right? <laughs> I'm like, whoa, where are these people at? I'm like, what? <laughs> 
what's going on? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like it was earned where, where they got to this point. It mm-hmm. did work for me. It, they did set up a point that which we'll get to later mm-hmm. where you have to make a choice. This is kind of tough because there's no right or wrong choice. Yeah. So we'll have to dissect it there, when yeah. we get there. We're at the next day. Both sides prepare for battle as Jamie, Arya, and, and Sandor infiltrate King's Landing. Daenerys arrives with Drogon. She destroys both the Iron Fleets and the Golden Company. So the Iron Fleet scene was fantastic. I thought this was really well shot in terms of we're in the perspective of mm-hmm. the Iron Fleet and we weren't in the perspective of Daenerys and the dragon. Like, I don't need to see that. I, I kind of like being on the ground level with them oh, yeah. because you're seeing this dragon from afar flying around, just like the spectacle of it and then taking out all the all the right. ships. She clearly talked to her advisor. I would say she, maybe she talked to John about it. Maybe she talked to Grey Worm about it, but she clearly made adjustments on how to attack these scorpions. She just decimated the fleet and it was really cool. Oh, it, it was spectacular. I was clapping the entire time. Yeah. Slow clapping like, yeah. And Up at this point, I'm on board with Daenerys. Well, a lot of fans were upset a week ago because, you know, they're just saying they have these scorpion weapons. They're out in front of King's Landing. They're putting themselves out there being vulnerable, like Drogon's in the back there too or whatever. You know, why didn't she see the Iron Fleet ahead of time and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? She learned from her mistakes. She made adjustments and she just absolutely decimated the competition. This golden company has been built up and what happens? They get destroyed by pretty much one fell swoop. And just when you think their leader, that Harry Strickland guy, is going to get up and, and have one last hurrah, nope. nope he <laughs> runs like a coward. He runs. He tries to get his sword out, but Grey Worm kills him. And mm-hmm. it's great. Commander killing commander. So yeah. I thought that was a really cool moment. I'm, I'm quite proud that I kind of sort of somewhat predicted what, what she was going to do come from behind. Yeah. She can't do a 360 thing. And even when they try firing, not quick enough to reload it. Yeah, exactly. I noticed that too when they were loading up the spheres uh, on the ships. I was thinking, wow, that actually takes a long time well, yeah, to get course. that thing yeah. built up and everything. Like so. even a crossbow. You, you get one good shot off of it and then you need a good handheld weapons because you're kind of spent. So they advance through the city when that happens. Breach the city gates. They're fighting. They're, they're advancing. The remaining Lannister forces after much pondering <laughs> finally surrender. Right. I love the soldier looking next by the, the next... Uh, he's standing next to the uh, commander there and he's like looking over at him like dude are we gonna surrender or what like (laughs) come on man like we don't have a shot here surrender already right Daenerys she hears the bells they're going off I don't know who sent the bells off see now for a moment there when we were seeing Jamie running through the through the hallways and everything I was thinking for a second oh did he ring the bells nope we don't know who did it it it, doesn't matter who did it it doesn't matter because it was the citizens screaming ring the bells you've lost and Cersei Lannister's face I waited for that look since season six when she got that smug look after she blew up the scepter Baylor. When you really see the results of what happened so far, it's almost shocking that she thought she had a chance. Yeah, she was she was racking up the wins left and right, but after seeing that, you think to yourself, did you really think you had a Blonde chance? Blonde was right. He's seen the dragon. Well, then again, she's, she's seen the two of the dragons, but she's never seen them in action. And any betting person, like Bronn, would have said, Cersei's going to lose in a horribly spectacular way. Old Jamie warned her about 
the dragons. Jamie warned her about the Dothraki. Well, yeah. She didn't want to listen because she felt so confident that with the Golden Company and with the, the Iron office. Fleet, she thought she had it in the bag regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, and she always thought Kyburn has something up his sleeve. And no, uh, he 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 peaked, man. He he gave all everything that he had to give her. So yeah. and the scorpion. They made adjustments to it. It was a great weapon, but ultimately, dragons are still better than scorpions. Yeah, that's right. You can make adjustments with the dragon. Uh-huh. You know, there's not much more you could do with that scorpion. <laughs> Point and shoot. That's all you really got with that thing. You know, they're not heat seekers. No, they're not. <laughs> The bells are ringing. Daenerys refuses to stop the fighting and attacks the city itself, burning both soldiers and civilians. The Allied army follows her lead. They're slaughtering everybody in their way, much to Jon's horror. It is just an absolutely shocking moment. You see it in her face. She sees the Red Keep. I think in that moment, she just thinks about everyone that she's lost on her journey to this point. You know, you're talking about she lost her brother, the good one, not the bad one. Who cares mm-hmm. about the bad one? One, well, what you think about it too, like the bad one. Too, the bad one too. He wouldn't turn out the way he would have turned out if. That's true. He may not have. He the, may have turned out better kill, if they didn't. The Baratheons, along with the Lannisters and the Starks, all didn't murder her entire family. That's fair. That they is true. They could have exiled them. Yeah. But instead, which led her to be abused by her brother, then raped and sold off to the Dothraki. Sold off first, then, then raped. raped. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> then she had to endure the traumas in Korth, fight her way through Slaver's Bay, deal with an insurgency, get kidnapped again by the Dothraki. It's never ending with the Dothraki, apparently. She just sees it like it is the symbol. It, yeah, I was gonna say, it's the symbol. And, it's the symbol to all her oppression. And, and, I, and I, I have to admit, I kind of called it. Lucky for her, it has no strategic value say a place like High Garden. If she really wants to make the world a better place and break the wheel, you just take down King's Landing. Burning a lot of innocent people. Taking down the Red Keep, though i totally get that see, that's something see, she had to do see, she could have spared all the people on the way to the red keep because at first when she was going towards the red keep i thought oh maybe she's just gonna go straight yeah, to the red keep no. and then all of a sudden when no. i was thinking uh, no, no don't be that person no, I, no, that, and this moment i'm really angry at the writers and maybe this is george martin's plan all along that she was going to destroy the entirety of kings innocent and guilty alike just like her father but i feel like that's just so expected and george r martin is he's always been about not doing what's expected and what's expected is Jon Snow to want to see what daenerys does and want to reclaim the iron throne for himself because he thinks he's unjust that she's not worthy of it and i feel her doing that is to justify his move for the claim for the throne and for him to conspire with Tyrion. Well, like, that's the only way I can justify it. Maybe in the books, because there's two whole books of, of almost a thousand pages each to sort of justify her transition to that moment. Yeah, yeah, of course. But here, it just seems like, Daenerys, what are you doing? She doesn't feel like she could ever please these people. I don't think wiping them out is the answer. No, no, no. <laughs> she should just... But... She should have just gone after the Red Key and be done with it then give them a choice that would have been a, a, a nice compromise but no they went to the extreme with this character and I she was at a crossroads when those bells were ringing and she may have went down the wrong road it, it's tough because we also have to remind ourselves what Jamie said when after this war is done and then Cersei Cersei will build rebuilds from all of that is going to be a good world he really believed that and maybe that's what Daenerys is going to do after all of the killing after all 
all of this awful violence and maybe she's going to build something up from these ashes that's uh-huh. going to be better than before. That's very well possible. That's what the Targaryens did for some part, oh, yeah. you know? That's so they, And it worked yeah. for them for yeah. a long time. Yeah. It will definitely be interesting to see what kind of person comes out from all of this. I don't think she'll be a mad queen, but yeah, the support will be interesting. We'll see how it goes. It's just tough because I I didn't want everybody to be right about her to an extent That's because she was like I know I know we sort of touched on it already mm-hmm. like she wasn't necessarily showing signs of doing something to this degree because mm-hmm. she's never done anything quite like this before. So I I get the concern because the problem with some of these characters they're always thinking of the extremes. They're never thinking and this is where Tyrion comes in because Tyrion's always trying to. Think Think of the middle, you know, and if he if he thinks he sees an extreme, he tries to bring it back down to the middle or back up to the middle. That's what makes him a good hand. But after this, I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, this is he may not want to be no. hand of the king after and, this and or queen after he, this. He may not live long enough to be that because we're just gonna ask where's Jamie Lannister. And either way, that's a betrayal. Jamie, he's about to work his way into the red keep, but guess who shows up? You're on. We get a showdown. They uh they fight. Euron wins basically. You know he got a couple good stabs in, and mm-hmm. Jamie looks dead, but Jamie's able to get one more push in there and stab Euron in the in the gut with a sword. Mm-hmm. Leave him be. Leave him to die. With Euron laughing and saying, "I killed the <laughs> the Kingslayer." You know. Yeah, no, he said he killed Jamie Lannister. It's a great moment for Euron. Great end for him. I liked Euron a lot. I thought he was a fun mm-hmm. character. Is he a total? obnoxious human being sure but he's fun and he delivered on almost everything that was asked of him it's just fun to see a character who just goes for it living life on the edge and being so different from everyone else i i enjoyed it he was a a breath of fresh air this deep into the show is what i'm saying like i I really thought jamie lance was gonna die right then there were so many times out so many people were gonna die right then jamie this is no way he was surviving that i mean when he got stabbed i was just like oh my god i couldn't believe it because i i also Mm -hmm. thought i'm like wow is he gonna die before he can get to cersei because that would be crazy it would be fitting yeah but alas he didn't he's able to walk and he's able to get inside Sandor Clegane and Arya, they're working their way to Cersei, but they stop and Sandor convinces Arya to give up on killing Cersei. He proceeds alone. She turns. She says, thank you. She actually said Sandor, which I want to say might have been the first time she's ever said his name. Yeah. The last lesson he gave her was don't follow me or you're going to end up dead because he's been saying all along, like he's been coming. He's been traveling through life for this moment, this moment right here. And he knows that he's going to die. And he wants something better for Arya. Sandor, he fights the mountain. We got it. Here's Clegane Bull. It was good. Although, what is up with this guy? He has a knife through the eye. How is he even standing from that? Yeah, like seriously, we... Okay. I get it if you're not feeling pain. That's an auto kill. So I don't understand. Give it up for uh, Kyburn because he's dead. (laughs) Yeah. We'll never know now how this is all possible. You know, I feel really bad for Kyburn in that moment too because he was really trying to get Cersei out of there. You can mm-hmm. see the concern from him. He's just like, my queen, like all the scorpions are gone. Just like, oh, the golden company will take care. Like, no, man, they're wiped out too. We need to go, <laughs> you know? 
he was he was Jamie before Jamie showed up. You know, he he was really trying to get her out of there, and I'm sure he had a plan on how to get her out of there and uh-huh. keep her safe. But ultimately, his own creation is what killed him. Very uh, Frankenstein. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it is very Frankenstein. And I just love how calmly Cersei kind of rushed calmly down the stairs before the clicking ball began. I'm not gonna lie, that made me laugh a little. Just how should not she just walked right through? Yeah, <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it was meant to be funny, but it was a good little tension breaker. Yeah, because this episode was just covered in tension. Even with a dagger through the eye, Sandor has to tackle the mountain off of the edge of the Red Keep and uh, fall to their deaths. R.I.P. Sandor Clegane. Fitting end. Well, yeah, because it was fire that yeah, cemented... Yeah, engulfed in fire, yeah. Uh, cemented their relation and uh, their antagonistic um, sibling rivalry, and they went out on a fiery uh, end. Definitely fitting. And then this little bookend. I think, I think that was the story that really introduced the Hound, right? We heard the story from Littlefinger to Sansa in Season 1, and then uh, we heard it through Sandor to Arya in uh, season three, maybe season four. Season four. He was a fan favorite. For, it was satisfying, lie, yeah. For a second there, I really thought his head was going to pop. I think we all did. Just like over and I'm like, no, no. Well, like Jamie, I thought maybe he was going to fall short of his goal as well. Uh-huh. It would have been insane of this episode to not only have Daenerys take that turn, but for also to see other characters fall short of their goals as well. Mm-hmm. To see Clegane fall short of killing his brother. To see Jamie fall short of saving Cersei. Mm-hmm. Well, he did fall short of saving Cersei, but getting to Cersei. It, it would have been incredible, sweet poetry, really, for all of these characters who have all done some horrible... Let's not forget, Sandor Clegane, he did some pretty terrible stuff. He sure, he... Boy. Yeah, he literally killed a butcher's boy, you know, because he was ordered to, of course, but... He sure didn't mind doing it. He didn't mind killing kids. He didn't mind any of that stuff. He was a bad dude. Jamie, a bad dude for a long time. They've done bad things, you know, so if they fell short of their goals, I would have been okay with that. I really would have. Mm-hmm. So people are attempting to escape, Cersei and Jamie especially. Mm-hmm. Jamie reunites with her. He uh, tries to take her down, all the way down to exactly where Tyrion said, but unfortunately there's rubble blocking the exit. He's checking other areas. He discovers that oh, there is no escape. This looks like to be the end. Cersei is freaking out. She's saying that she wants her baby to live. She's saying that she doesn't want to die. This is one of the most vulnerable moments we've ever seen, Cersei. Since the Battle of the Blackwater. That's true, since the Battle of the Blackwater. Uh, it makes total sense, even if at your most rotten core, when you're at the face of death in that sort of moment, you you do become vulnerable. You do realize that, no, I don't want this to be the end of me. All this while, at least for me, I was thinking that Cersei just wants to watch the world burn, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she she is totally fine seeing everyone die you know, becoming I, the queen of the ashes. And even if it means the cost of her life, if she, she would have had satisfaction of making someone... Because I really thought that forcing Daenerys to be in this position, forcing her to just wipe out people in the way she was wiping people out, I really thought this is what Cersei may have wanted all along, to push Daenerys to this point. It would have been, like, great satisfaction, even to her end, but it wasn't. I was about to say, too, like, you know who else thought? She was totally cool with all this? Cersei Lannister. Yeah. Until she was faced with it. Joke's on me. She was pregnant. (laughs) 
Jokes on all of us. Well, not all of us, but jokes definitely on you and me. It's okay. Because we, we also saw the confirmation of her killing Masonic kind of thing. Even early in the episode where um, Tyrion was is still talking about, we have to save, you have to save your, your child. I'm like, whoa, whoa, Tyrion, you're still believing Cersei? Mm-hmm. I thought, thought that would be like a good confirmation mm-hmm. that, nope, she ain't pregnant. Which just means that everything she's done while pregnant is even crazier. Right? I I love the character. I'll I'll say that much. She is the absolute is, is, is worst time, person. Yeah. But she is, is, is it time to eulogize Cersei Lannister? It's a great character, <laughs> you know, what can you say? She's at her core is Yes, someone who loved her kids, but it was just a evil person. Just the you know, evilest I, person. And we talked about it before how we said, like, all these horrible things happen to these people. And some of them, like Sansa, all these horrible things happen to Sansa, but it didn't make her an evil person. All these horrible things happened to Cersei, and it made her an evil person. Because even when she was a child, there was a self-entitlement to it. And she's always carried that with her. Yeah, and I was thinking too like because i honestly thought she was gonna get out she and jamie were gonna get out and live in exile i have to say lena headley she's been phenomenal the last couple of seasons while i don't really feel like we humanized i saw her as a human being like like she's a monster don't get me wrong certainly nature is a monster and i know that we're trying to in these final moments bring us back to the early seasons of the show where we saw a glimpse of humanity in her she was doing everything for her child but here it it, it didn't quite work for me in a sense because she was doing the opposite of what she's doing in earlier seasons mm-hmm. like she was really ramping up the violence like and I and I and I kind of wanted to feel sorry for her, but I don't. No, I don't feel sorry for her. I'm like nice try, but no. Same with Jamie Lannister. I know we kind of romanticize him because he lost his hand for Brienne. He gave Brienne um, Oathkeeper, the Lannister golden armor, and it doesn't negate the fact that he's done horrible things for Cersei. I love these characters, man, because even at, even in their ends, for me personally. There's still those shades of gray. You really feel it. And to see both of them die with the red keep just falling on them, I, I felt it. I, I wasn't sure. This isn't how I thought their ends would be, but it was an appropriate end for those characters. It worked for me. It was perfect because she was in the place where she always said that this is her, her only home. Mm-hmm. So she died in her home. Granted, it wasn't old days like she picked, she imagined, but she died. And I have to say, um, people were upset. Well, the prophecy that her younger Slipping, killing her didn't come true. Yeah, it did. Because technically, unknowingly, by both Jamie Lannister and Tyrion Lannister, they did lead her to her death if they didn't go through the crypt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If they went through the front door somewhere else, they wouldn't have died. That's the fun thing about prophecies. You interpret them to kind of fit your narrative a little bit. You just did that, you know? Yeah. It, that does, in one way, you can view that as fulfilling the prophecy. Clever. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, <laughs> think about it Tyrion, yeah brought Daenerys across the narrow sea. Yeah. She was the engine that we didn't know how it was going to happen, but it did. And their plan to save the Lannister name, but got him killed. Now, we're st- there's still time for Arya's prophecy about those green eyes. There were two Google searches tonight. The top of the list is, 
does Daenerys Targaryen have green eyes? And did Arya die in this episode? What color are her eyes? They're grayish blue. That's what I thought. Because I want to say in the book, they're, they're more like a purple. But depending on what but yeah. color she wears, it can't be green. Arya, she witnesses the destruction of King's Landing firsthand and is barely able to escape the city alive. This is all just amazing stuff, man. They, like, it's I up there scream. with some of the best yeah. oh. destruction. Like, like, I was thinking of Children of Men. Like in the like the last half hour when um, the characters are going through that battle scene and the buildings getting blown up and all this chaos around them, the single shot and all that stuff. Like there's all this chaos happening around Arya. It is just unbelievable. Miguel Sapochnik is going to win an Emmy for this oh, episode. He has to. Did he also direct the Long Night episode too? He did direct the Long Night. Like like he's getting nominated for both of these episodes. He's going to win for one of these episodes. Though I kind of feel like the action sequences in this episode are far more superior. Cause well, because in The Long Night, it was just like, slash, 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 well, slash. Well, it's I, just like, survive. Well, no, this but, one had a little I, bit more to it. Remember we talked about in The Long Night where it kind of felt like at certain points it became a different show, tonally. And it was really choppy. They cut a lot of stuff out. That didn't quite make sense. But here it was, they were doing a class on television. I would be upset if they didn't show this episode, especially in terms of directing and cinematography mm-hmm. and getting the right moments. There were two times I thought she died. Yeah, one, I was right there with, with you. With the bell tower falling, and she someone picked her up, and then with the when fire. When she dodged a fire, yeah. Like, I don't understand how the fire, at 1.2, when she had that, sort of like that side camera look on her, I could have sworn when she turned her head, she would have been burned. Yeah, I yeah. Wait, I was waiting for... I was waiting for her to, like, missing an eye or something, yeah. But she, she got very lucky. And for me, just because I was old enough and I watched the coverage, it eerily reminded me of the fallout of 9-11. 9/11. I was right there with you. With, yeah. w- with the ash and yeah. Arya having trouble breathing and yeah. coughing it up. That's only something American audiences can instantly relate to of a certain age. Because I don't think people that are in college now... Yeah, I young college students? No. I don't think, no. They, I don't think they can really gauge... Well, let's not forget, 9-11 was almost... or. Uh, yeah, about yeah. Eight, 18 years ago now. Yeah. Going to be 18 this year. But the following year, it'll be 20 years. Yeah. Like, we've always viewed the show through Westerosi eyes. Seeing her on that dragon, basically having Arya as our man on the ground point of view character. How does Arya not want to kill her and avenge all the people in King's Landing? Because at this point, she went from a conqueror to future would-be future queen to a terrorist. She destroyed an entire kingdom. She she was supposed to roll right in with her Unsullied and her uh, and her Dothraki and be queen of Westeros. Just stroll in and take it back. And we saw this arc of her being such a kind person and just and, you know, a new when to be ruthless at times and never to this point. Yeah. She reached her potential and she wasn't supposed to go this direction, yeah. though. No. Like, she was, but she wasn't, if that makes sense. She accomplished something not even Cersei Lancer or her father managed to do was burn the all alive. The entire arc in the show for her was not to continue the legacy of her father, to do better. When she was in the Great Pyramid of Marine with the Greyjoys and Tyrion, she said that our fathers did horrible things to the world and left it a horrible place. And we're going to do it better. It makes me sad that she didn't live up to that promise. Granted, she's a conqueror. The Targaryens are known with dragons. They did this 300 years ago. Aaron Hall is a 
symbol of what the Targaryens are capable of. But then again, it's so far removed because we've never seen it. There weren't ever any flashbacks. And you don't know the horror unless you actually read Martin's book on the Targaryens. And even then, you can try to imagine it. Now I have a visual context now. It just makes me sad. So now that we've recapped the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we expect for next week's episode. We got what is possibly the shortest preview for an episode I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) I honestly thought they were going to pull what V pulled for their um, finales airing tonight, where they're going to tie together clips leading to everyone's journey to this moment. Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Nice and sweet. It is called A Dream of Spring. Which is going to be the title of the final book if George R. R. Martin ever gets around to it. We don't get much from the preview, so it's hard to really make a prediction of what even potentially happened. We didn't see anyone from when Winterfell. We only saw Daenerys. And John. Okay. We saw Tyrion. And I believe Arya still walking through the remains of King's Landing. It's hard to say what Arya does. Yeah, you could say maybe she's going to go take out Daenerys after what she saw. But what if she just rides off into the sunset and goes back to Winterfell? Or she might go to brought back to Bravos and just give up on Winter, uh, give up on Westeros. I, I feel know. like there's there's one character feeling in my bones. Oh, one we're not done them. with the death. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're well, not that, done with well, the death. But I feel like there's one episode that's going to give up on the continent and kind of peace out. I thought it was Jamie. Could be Tyrion. It could be Tyrion. Yeah. She can show mercy like she showed Jorah and exile him. I honestly be shocked if she let anyone close to her. But at the same time, Grey Worm's always by her side. Mm-hmm. He's a protector of the queen. I could very well see one more fight between Grey Worm and John. We saw Grey Worm look back at John as if, what are you doing? Push forward. What are you yeah. running away for? What are you trying to fall back for? There's something brewing there, I think. I think so too. Yeah. He's quick to pick up on his queen's dismay. If Arya kills Daenerys, she's wearing someone's some familiar face. This is how Green Worm goes down by stealthy little Arya. I don't know. I, what I do know is I'm still expecting some deaths, and I don't know if there's even going to be a throne at the end of all of this. There's no Iron Throne. I am excited for the opening credits. He's been spending a lot of money updating those credits. I'm kind of excited to see it. I know it's like a weird thing to say about the last episode, but I enjoy it. I honestly think this I may have broken Arya. And maybe she ends up with Gendry and Storm's End. Be like, sure, let's give this a try. For John, I don't know. It just feel weird if he ends up on the throne. Even if there are characters trying to push him, I don't see him accepting it. You don't he- think that there was a turning point in the episode that made him suddenly want to be on the Iron Throne? You didn't I, even get I, that I, feeling? I, I think there's a point where he doesn't want Daenerys on the Iron Throne. But do you think he doesn't he want does- Daenerys on the Iron Throne because he sees why he needs to be on the Iron Throne? Or is that too much of a stretch for you because i can see how after seeing the actions of daenerys why he would suddenly understand why everyone wants him on the iron throne he's always been saying like i don't want it i don't want it because i don't think he necessarily sees what everyone else sees aside from birthright but i don't think he'll survive long enough i don't think he'll survive long because enough either. look look at his tenure as the uh, lord commander of the night's watch they mutiny against him well that's <laughs> different no one's interested in mutinying against yeah. john everyone turned quickly on him because he makes noble choices 
what he thinks is for the good but it's not good for his people if he's gonna lead somewhere it's gonna be in the north i don't think he wants to stay in the south or maybe he takes the iron throne and like guess what we're creating a parliament i can also see how in the ashes daenerys rebuilds westeros in a way that makes everybody happy you know she could say look guys yes what i did was pretty terrible but hear me out on this north you guys are totally cool i'm not gonna pressure you guys into mm-hmm. this and that you know i get it you don't like me so let's just mm-hmm. come to some form of truce and leave it at that gendry you're cool you're still at storm's <laughs> end for me high garden who's this brawn guy okay fine whatever he can go he can go be at high garden <laughs> dorn dorn's cool iron islands they're cool bear island i'll have to figure that one out later i know i know she did some horrible things but i still think maybe daenerys could still come around and help everyone and, and she gets to lena meyer this yeah 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 she can fix this she can fix this it, it, it's tough for people to accept it though because it's like what's stopping her from just doing it doing again, it again yeah. yeah you can't just keep hitting the reset button ride her dragon and burn everyone you know what right? i mean yeah i don't know where it's going which is kind of exhilarating but also terrifying at the same time that to me is what makes an exciting final episode right i know i want john and daenerys to be in a good place at the end of the show which we don't know anything's gonna happen with sounds but she got rid of her cersei problem now she has a daenerys problem and daenerys is totally cool flying her dragon up north well no matter what happens we will be back next week talk about the episode a dream of spring you and i will be here Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll have other people in with us to also discuss the episode because this is it man this is the last one we'll never get another chance to talk about it after its first airing any final thoughts before we end it i'm just exhausted (laughs) no this took a lot out of me i mean Um, edge of my seat the entire episode amelia clark was right on uh, jimmy kimmel you did need to find yourself a big screen and it did not disappoint but we'll see what happens next episode that does it thanks for listening to watchers of the throne we'll be back next week 